Talk to me about um, Youth Parliament on Water. What do you guys do? So um, the South African Youth Parliament for Water is a member of the Global Youth Parliament for Water, and there's also an African chapter. So we recently were founded last year. So I was one of the, I think there was eight to ten of us who were the founding members of the parliament. And basically we kind of look at how young South Africans can get involved in the water sector. Mm -hmm. So through advocacy, empowerment, you know, incorporating young South African water experts and professionals into the, the network. So it's a range of young people from the ages of around 24 to 35. So basically, it's different components of young people taking part in different issues, um, ranging from governance to civil society and in the private sector, but specifically emphasizing the role of young people in the space. Mm, who are the members? I can speak of a few I know, <laughs> which includes myself yeah. and then our chairperson, Mendy Shorzy. Yeah. And then we have Karabo Mukwena, we have Odwanzi Gamtembu, we have... Um, yo, there's a lot. No, uh, my question really is aimed in terms of uh, who, who makes up the members, in terms of the caliber of uh, young people who makes up that important parliament. Oh, so basically the, the parliament is, yeah. is open to most people in South Africa. Yeah. So it's basically if you between the age ranges and it's people who are passionate about water and, and not just professionals or experts in the sector. Mm. So if you are someone who is impacted impacted or consumes water in the country, you are applicable or you are eligible to apply and take part in the activities that we have as the water parliament. I'm just thinking about uh, just before we get into other issues in terms of why is the issue of water so significant for for, for young people? I know for parliament you really looking in terms of policy mm -hmm. and all that you but on a day-to-day -day basis before just to establish in terms of the significance of water as an important resource as well. Um also does it really touch on politics, you know? But mm -hmm. why young people should, should really <laughs> discuss issues of water even forming a, 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 a parliament? Focusing on, on, on water, for example. Um, yeah, I think I, I get what you, you're saying because I think a lot of us as young people intellectualize a lot of things and we think of them as high-level jobs and all of those stuff. But if you think about it, every South African has a basic human right, which is um, water, which includes water. Mm -hmm. And I think the other thing with South Africa is we've always thought of ourselves as the semi-arid country, mm. which will run out of water. But as we've seen in KwaZulu-Natal and in Kabecha currently, mm -hmm. water is very controversial. So it's something with climate change that we're not able to predict as much anymore. Mm -hmm. So we have now instances of heavy floods, heavy, sto heavy storms, yeah. we have droughts, we have water pollution. Yeah. And I think now that challenge is making every young South African realize that water is not an infinite resource that we'll have forever. Water is a resource which challenges our existence on a daily, you know, experience. Mm. And I think also with now um, the load shedding crisis, I don't know if you've experienced it, but I know when it goes to stage six or stage seven, and in some areas where I come from in, in the Eastern Cape, mm -hmm. The water also runs out. There's a water shortage with yeah. the electric electricity shortage because some water pumps um, don't have enough power to pump water to our taps. Yeah. So now that's why young South Africans are fighting for this call for water action because it's in, uh, affecting us now on a daily basis. It's not an idea of you know protecting the resources for the future generations. It's literally something which is affecting us on a daily basis. Our livelihoods are being impacted. Our yeah. shelters are being impacted people's homes are being washed away, people's businesses, if you're in the agricultural sector, the droughts are affecting, you know, your crops. So mm. I think because it affects, you know, 
our existence now on mm. a daily basis. That's mm. why we also are stepping up and not leaving it to the political figures in power to, you know, run the show. Absolutely. So really, uh, we as uh, young people must really, uh, uh, there's this phrase I'm looking for, Let, uh, issues of water matters to us as, as, as yes. young people as well. And we should really def definitely be looking at that. Well, let's look at the work that you have done prior to attending these important, uh, just recently concluded UN uh, Water Conference. Mm-hmm. Why was it significant that you needed a South African Youth Parliament representative there, but also mm -hmm. what agenda were you driving? Um, so thank you for that question. Um, so basically, we had a campaign which started in January this year. So last year, we had the opportunity to apply for a subsidy mm -hmm. with the Dutch government, um, the Dutch RVO, yeah. and they basically subsidized our whole campaign. So our campaign um, had, I think, four parts in total. Mm -hmm. So it included having a water action plan, which was drafted by um, young South Africans from across the country and yeah. a few representatives from other neighboring countries. We also had um, activities that we attended with our other partners, such as World Merit and also the Wave Makers United. Mm. And we We signed also a call to action with the Wavemakers United at the conference. And then we also documented the too much water, too little water and water pollution case studies in South Africa, specifically looking at the flooding in KZN and the droughts in Gabecha, Port mm. Elizabeth, mm. and also the water pollution in Gauteng. Mm. So basically, prior to going to the conference, we wanted to also understand our issues before going to the conference and speaking up on behalf of the country. Mm. We wanted to go meet the people who are affected at the grassroots. We wanted to talk to the young people who are being affected and kind of like carry the voices with us to the conference. You know, the, the livelihoods, the, the lived experiences of everyone. So that was our initial idea is to not just send a delegation of, there was five of us in total, to the conference, but also incorporate other people into the conversation. Mm -hmm. We know that the climate space is very, you know, buzzy and popular right now, but we want to make the water conversation also just as important and just as elevated um, of an, an agenda mm -hmm. uh, in our country, as especially... Um, so that's basically what we did prior to the conference. Mm. And then we attended the conference and luckily we were able to get a side event inside the actual UN headquarters, which oh, was an amazing opportunity. So we applied and World Merit, our, our strategic partner, also applied and also got a session. Why do you think you, you, you got that approach? Because I'm sure there are a lot of other organizations that needed a, a platform to also mm. host a meeting inside the UN. Mm -hmm. And uh, you, you, you got a nod. I think it was specifically the issues we were targeting, because even when we were hosting the side event, people were impressed with the the stories we brought with us. So we weren't just speaking about the science and the stats and the you know technicalities of the water challenge, but we also had people's voices. We had actual videos, the documentary was being played during our session. So we had those people speaking up on behalf of themselves at the actual conference. And we also were integrating the panel. So we asked people from the African Water Parliament to also be on our panel. Um, and we partnered with different um, other organizations on our sessions. So I think once we proposed that we're going to be um, inclusive of different other African countries. And I think that was also a priority for the UN Water Conference and the Dutch government is to bring a lot of people from the global south to the conference itself. So I think once our proposal inc incorporated a lot of, you know, the regional partners we had, it incorporated the people from the actual country. Um, I think that's probably why our proposal might have been more 
exciting, if I can put it that way, to, to be presented inside the headquarters um, because I think we, we just wanted to showcase the, the true South African story. Mm. We, weren't, we weren't trying to, you know, wishy-washy it and kind of greenwash, they say now, mm. um, the whole experience. I, I mean, I will get into some of the details in terms of what was uh, the nature of engagement um, that, that, that you observed and also interventions that mm-hmm. you have made, just in terms of attention that South African youth, but also South Africa gets uh, at a platform like that. Do you get that South Africa has been listened to, but also young people in South Africa are being listened to? Because obviously they will mm-hmm. have to judge the, the quality of your content and also your interventions as well. You get a sense of that South Africa does still have a place in, 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 in global governance. Um, I think I think a lot of people actually take what South Africa has to say quite seriously because I think even leading up to the conference and watching the conversation, so there was a a WhatsApp group, which incorporated um, a lot of young people from across the globe. And just the conversations of how many people's visas were being denied um, in that that we we heard those stories um, on that group chat, we started realizing that we are actually quite privileged as a country of where our country is, you know, positioned. So even just the access into the United States for us was quite easier than some other people from just our neighboring countries or from the continent. So I think that was also beneficial for us. And then also just the the representation South Africa has um, as a global partner, especially in the water sector, also allowed us to be able to get access into different spaces. And I was able to also be invited by the Dutch government for one of their um, opening talk shows. So our voice was quite prioritized, if I can put it that way. It was quite incorporated into the different um, invites that we also got, such as Unify invited us. Um, I know Odwa Tsikamtembu was on the World Economic Forum um, panel and different other panels um, we had representatives on. And also we were able to see how our minister and the Department of Water and Sanitation delegation was being integrated also into other conversations. So I think as a whole, our youth delegation as well as the official government delegation was fairly represented. And you could see that people were very eager to hear the solutions we had um, or we wanted to propose, especially for for Africa and more of like a developmental agenda Mm. and not just um, trying to bring Western solutions to our continent. But what do we propose as a country which has very complex water challenges. Mm. So I think that's that's what also made us realize that our voice is quite prioritized and it's a privilege to be from South Africa. I think the whole visa situation made us realize that it was a privilege because a lot of our visa applications were approved quite quickly or on the day, I think, most of us. So on the spot, we were told, okay, everything is sorted. But we, we saw a lot of other young South, young Africans, sorry, and even people from other um, continents, global South mm. countries, who were struggling to just... And they didn't even know why they weren't mm. getting, you know, mm. the approval. So I think, yeah, South Africa is quite an important player, role player in the water sector. Yeah, so let's get into to it now. In terms of your interventions, what are, what are the primary in- interventions that you have made as far as your agenda for water uh, mm-hmm. is concerned during the conference? Okay, um, so we have our call to action, which was basically a two-day workshop yeah. w- with young South Africans and some, I think, from Zimbabwe. So some of our neighboring countries took part in our two-day workshop. Yeah. So basically, we drafted five um, co- action 
which is um, the Water Action Plan, which we ha- are planning to hand over to the Department of Water and Sanitation. Yeah. Um, so that includes the Director General, and then maybe, hopefully, it will reach um, the Minister, Mr. Mm-hmm. Senzom Kunu, mm-hmm. Honorable Senzom Kunu. So basically, our actions are, the first one is um, increased involvement of youth, citizens, and civil society mm. in water issues. So basically, this... Um, encompasses just engagement with the ordinary citizen. It it encompasses engagement with especially young black women in the sector and looking at the intersectional issues which affect young people. So there's this whole conversation about um, water and sanitation and um, menstrual health for young girls in especially vulnerable communities. So how do we engage with those people and their need to access safe and and healthy water and especially people who also have other vulnerabilities which come with walking to get water and, you know, the whole gender-based violence and crime rate and, you know, homicide rates in South Africa. So how do we incorporate those people into the water conversation and just not um, isolate these different um, topics that I just mentioned? The second one is strengthened water governance and management. So basically, how do we look at the water policies and the water plans that we already have and how are they affecting us? And I know the big conversation which is going around now is looking at um, looking at groundwater, sorry. So how do we get groundwater and boreholes um, accessible to every average South African, especially in areas where there is um, short, a shortage of water and water droughts, because I know there's also now people who are being provided with water tanks. So how do we get those water tanks to, accessible to everyone? And how are the policies, because we are great at writing policies, so how are those policies going to be implemented to um, make the lives of South Africans easier with these water challenges um, affecting us differently? The third action is implementable policies, strategies, and stronger political will. So that's basically trying to get young people into politics encouraging is it easy it's not (laughs) i know there's a lot of um you know independent voters and people running now for office so how do we get young people to be aware of the political parties we have um vote be educated about them be educated about policies because we know um unfortunately political education in south africa is still lagging behind. So people, when they vote, they vote based on, you know, affiliation, passion, and association. But I think we now need to start looking at the policies as well and what our political parties are actually offering us in their manifestos. Mm -hmm. And then the fourth one is strong and transparent financial commitments. So that was a big conversation at the Water Conference. And a lot of people were pledging a lot of money. But you know how pledges are never, like, tangible. So how does that money go from whoever is promising it to the actual victims Mm. of the loss and damage? Mm. I know Mm. COP always speaks about loss and damage yeah. and we see a lot of loss and damage in South Africa when we spoke to people at in, from KZN they still have their homes which have been shattered and they haven't been you know restored so how does the money being pledged at the UN water conference be filtered without corruption and with transparency to the average South African so mm. the financial aspect is quite important because it also involves education and awareness yeah. it also involves infrastructure and improving you know resources and trying to channel you know better resources and faster resources and i know um on a session, I think Minister Mkunu was on, also spoke about smart cities. Yeah. So how do those, how are those incorporated into this whole financial conversation yep. that was spoken about? Mm-hmm. And then um, the last one is increased capacity building and professional development. So how do we connect from a school level to a professional level, um, education and awareness about the water sector? So from how do we educate people to take care of water resources 
from you know an ordinary citizen level to a school level and then obviously when people are choosing careers and being aware of the sector and just kind of incorporating the young professionals into um, the sector because we know a lot of internships have been phased out from government and the private sector and there's a lot of youth unemployment so how do we bring a lot of more jobs back into the sector for young yeah, people yeah, and yeah. basically kind of educate them from choosing their career like grade nine. So you start being aware of, <laughs> because we we didn't know what to choose. No, absolutely. And we've been navigating, you know, our, our careers now blindfolded. Mm. But it's exciting, but I think we can do better than with the younger generations coming after us in that's, the water sector. That's quite important. Well, it looks as if you are as passionate about water, as passionate about <laughs> education <laughs> and environment as well. It's quite important um, to to really uh, make sure that we really elevate the youth voices as far as water is concerned. Because it seems like um, uh, when you talk about water, you always think about your go who can actually access water <laughs> and stuff. But mm. it never used agenda as, 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 as it is. But it's really great to see that um, um, we got a, a South African Youth Parliament that specifically is, 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 is on this particular issue. Mm-hmm. So... After attending such important conference, you come back home. Um, it, it's quite important. Then, you, then you lead mm-hmm. um, in terms of the agenda now to make sure that it filter through communities as well. Government take into your interventions as well. That you're not only being heard on a global stage, but also given in a platform, also nationally or even locally, as we, as we speak. Yes. Yeah. So that's our post-conference agenda. Yeah. So we are um, intending on handing over the Youth Water Action Plan yeah. to the Department of Water and Sanitation. So luckily, I've gotten an opportunity through working with the Dutch Embassy to hand over the action plan to the DWS um, DG yeah. this afternoon at a mm-hmm. lunch. So luckily, then I can have a more intimate conversation with him mm-hmm. about our experiences, our intentions, you know, as a, a parliament as well and also as young water professionals and also just ordinary citizens mm. and our worries and concerns so I think that was an amazing opportunity um, that we're able to have because we know how it hard it is sometimes to get access to our leaders because they're quite busy yeah. so I think that's important and we're also trying to have um, other conversations so we want to go back to the communities um, we documented and kind of maybe present our findings from the conference and also maybe um, play them the documentary. So we're still working on that with the Dutch embassy and trying to go back to KwaZulu-Natal, Gauteng, and um, the Eastern Cape yeah. to the communities we spoke to. And then also we're trying to have um, a post-conference symposium, which is something we're also <laughs> busy working on. Yeah. And those basically are some of the activities we want to, which are kind of more concrete. And then I think going beyond that is then the ordinary conversations we want to do as a parliament. So the water action plan is not just for us to hand over to the government. Okay. It's something we also want to work on as a water parliament going forward and adopt as our own pillars. So basically, we also want to find out, because with the commu- commitments we made with Wavemakers United, it was also about capacitating and educating young um, young people about the water space. So we also want to take on these actions and also see how much we can commit to making them come to life in South Africa. Mm. So mm. it's not just about, you know, um, lip service and just saying, oh, here's a document we drafted, but we're going to try and also implement it, take it on, and we're going to see how many of the young people who are running for, you know, office for next year that we can 
talk about water with and trying to make sure that they incorporate water into their agendas and yeah. manifestos. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, it's going to be an exciting journey going forward to see how we can also make water come alive. alive. So, yeah, that's basically what we're also trying to do is bring the water conversation to the fore of the agenda because yeah every day we see a lot of water challenges on mm. the news if you're mm. watching every day there's a drought somewhere there's a flood somewhere there's people's water who, which is too polluted to consume somewhere and that's why i always say it's literally our daily lives it's a basic human right mm. um this whole water thing it's not just an idea for preserving for the future generations it's literally what we are going through each and every day let's conclude now there are lots of uh, organizations that look like groundwater, lots mm -hmm. of organization, uh, non-governmental organizations who are looking specifically to doing research on water and stuff. How much engagement do you, do you, do you have with them in terms of, you know, come up with a sort of, you know, uh, so you can bring in expertise from different sides? Um, so what is so nice about the parliament is a lot of, or most of the people in the parliament are actually young water professionals so people who are, as well. yes so it's people who are already in the organizations and are experts so that's how we partner with the, the organizations as well is we have people from our organizations being members of umgeni water um we pe have people who work for dws we have people who work for i think Randwater as well yeah. so it's literally pegasus the consulting firms mm -hmm. we have from so it ranges from the public private sector to you know civil society as well so that's what's very proactive about our organization. And that's why I always like saying about young people is we also are the experts. A lot of people are doctors in this space. A lot of people have, you know, masters and other higher education qualifications yeah. in the space. So I think that's what's nice is not working in silos. So we, we don't just yeah. look at how those kind of entities or organizations can, you know, do that job, but mm. is how can we have our own people working in those spaces, and then the feedback going back and forth with the parliament so that the parliament can hold them accountable and those organizations can hold us accountable as a youth entity and, you know, obviously meeting the standards and commitments we want to also reach. Let me thank you so much for your time. In terms of um, any other big international events you are planning to attend in the coming month <laughs> or year, what are, what, are you, what are you planning? Going back to the conference again, you know? Yeah, no. Yeah. So those come as... You know, as when they come, as, as when they come, basically, <laughs> I always say that, like, I'm one of those people who never like has like this whole short term, long term plan. Okay. So but I, I, I always apply for things I'm very passionate about. Okay. So as soon as there's a call for something I'm passionate about, there's mm -hmm. an opportunity to go somewhere. Mm -hmm. I do that. But currently I'm working on more tangible um grassroots project so yeah. i'm consulting or a research assistant for a climate finance project so i'm trying to get myself into the different scopes of work and exposure yeah. and mm. working with a lot of mentors mm. to equip myself so yeah basically the big events at the conferences there's no green light yet mm. but i'm crossing fingers on a lot of things that yeah. i'm trying to get i mean you big in big environment i mean the next uh, 30 seconds just <laughs> why environment matters as well? Because, I mean, they want a little bit of, uh, of our listener to know that uh, you're one young South African who's very passionate about environment. Yes. So it's actually crazy how I became an environmentalist. I was actually a social scientist. But then when you start looking at how every, or not every, most human-related challenges 
have an underlying environmental challenge. So for me, it was the day zero drought in Cape Town. Oh, yeah. So when you started looking at people's um, suffering and people's like livelihoods being affected, it was because of water not being accessible. Mm. And now we're seeing it with the energy crisis. We're seeing it with air quality and people's physical health being affected. So for me, it's not just an environmental problem. It's a human problem as well. Mm. So if people can't meet their daily lives, and I always say everyone should be allowed to live the most truest and fullest expression of themselves. And if you're being hindered by a climate crisis or an environmental crisis, then obviously you won't be able to meet those true expressions of yourself, your mm. dreams or your mm. hopes or aspirations. Mm. Mm. So I think for me, it's always, it's a human challenge. I, I never say it's an environmental challenge while well, it is, but also it's just like, how do we also get people to be able to, Live because I think climate issues take us back. We, if you look at the progress we've we've made since you know colonization and overcoming apartheid in South Africa, now if we're going to encounter another crisis after the pandemic as well, we saw how the pandemic affected us, the COVID nineteen pandemic. If we're now going to encounter the climate crisis, it's going to send us way back in the progress and development and advances we've made as humanity. So instead of being um, laid back. Let's be proactive about it. Let's try and buffer ourselves from the disaster. I remember being in school and learning about the ozone layer and how that was, you know, struggling and depleting at some mm -hmm. point. Mm -hmm. And we made it. We tried to close the ozone layer Absolutely. by changing the types of deodorants we're using. I remember they told us, don't use this deodorant, check the CFC logo mm -hmm. at the mm -hmm. back of every can and every spray you're using, or etc. So I think we did it with the ozone layer. We can do it with the climate crisis. It's, it's literally always a, a human-related issue. So they always say, like, climate crises are a human rights threat. Yeah. And I truly believe that. Well, the passion is there for everyone to see. Well, they could hear it. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. It's, it's there for everyone to hear in terms of the environment, but also it's good. No surprise the water then really fits in into the environmental mm -hmm. issues as well. Again, let me thank you so much for your time. Really a pleasure for you to be available to speak to us. Thank you very much for always inviting me and welcoming me here. Absolutely. All right, there you have it. Um, it's always great to speak to young African leaders because or not only leading a South African agenda, this is really an African agenda as well because Africa has a space um, to... Uh, to, to, to really showcase itself uh, as far as leadership is concerned and young people taking um, leadership role at various multilateral platforms as well. Also getting their voice heard at a global governance institution. It's really there for everyone to see as well. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you very much for having me. All right. <laughs>